Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News, and you're listening to The Jake Brown Show. And good afternoon. Happy Solar Eclipse Monday. This is The Jake Brown Show on CBS Radio's Play.it Network, iTunes, and on Spotify. You can find us. Happy Monday, August 21st, 2017. I am Jake Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow our show at Jake Brown Show. That's on Facebook. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram and on YouTube. And you can check out JakeRyanBrown.com. You find us at play.it slash Jake Brown. Let's get the ball rolling. The solar eclipse today, and we're inside apparently during the two hours that it's going to hit us, and uh, Brian Corson behind the boards, you're you're. Do you know more? You, like you're not. You're going to be inside here with me for this journey. So you're. Well, also I'm looking out the window it. here. So <laughs> yeah. Are we? But but this is like a protected window, so we should be good. I I hope. Well, I mean, we can't see the sun from here, but I mean, we'll see it get dark. I guess. <laughs> is it overhyped? Like what? What? Like can you actually? Can your eyes actually burn from this? Yeah. Um. It's it's um. Basically, it's people think because it's dark, it's not going to damage your eyes to look at it, but it still will. So that's why all the, the commotion is about you know. Wearing protective goggles and uh, you know all that stuff like that is uh, the solar eclipse more overhyped than Game of Thrones or is it the other way around? Well, I'm a big Game of Thrones guy, so uh... <laughs> I can't hate on Game of Thrones. Though. <laughs> now, what happened in last night's episode? What was the big thing? Now, you can't be a spoiler because it's already happened. So, okay, so I can say whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Uh, well, we got ice dragons. Ice dragons. I, we, we got zombie ice dragons. I now. might watch for the ice dragons, and I've never <laughs> seen one episode of my life. Yeah, um, it, w- it was some big, crazy, crazy shit. Um, uh, things are going real fast there. So really, <laughs> so what is what's like next? Like, what are you looking for in next week's episode? Like, what's going to be the big story? You can't really top ice dragon. Uh, it, it, next week's going to be a little more political. They're trying to kind of get all the, oh the the political wars in order to the go go fight the ice people, the ice zombies, and all that stuff. So. See, I, I just was never able to get into it. It just seems so absurd to me. I can understand people, it's exciting, and that's something that's so out there that it's just like you have to watch it. Well, the, I, um, I, I actually read the books before the show was out. So it's uh, the, for me, it, it was the reason I liked it so much is because it's, it's, it's a fantasy setting, but it's, very, it's more realistic. It's a little more real life. Like stuff can go wrong, very wrong. It's not like, oh, the, the hero wins you know, all the time and his happy endings like people randomly die and it's like crazy so you don't know what's coming at any moment no i don't anymore because the books the, the show has gone farther than the books now do you agree i mean it's ev- like it's trending every time all over twitter it's the i mean it's like i have to cancel all my plans sunday to watch it is it drop dead like need to watch every week? Like, yes, because if if you don't, you will have it spo- spoiled. Is like, it something you? Ha- it's something you have to see live because if you hear it the next day, like you, you're getting lunch and you hear, oh, it's your, your coworkers talking to someone, you'll have it ruined. Pretty much. Uh, last week, my wife fell asleep. 
Really? Uh, and then the next day, she had something ruined in, in her morning meeting. Oh, wow. Like, in an actual, like, work meeting. Like, someone said, referenced the show. And spoilers are serious in Game of Thrones. Like, oh, yeah. If they, if you hear, like, you might get hurt if you let out a spoiler. Oh, yeah. Like, you People might get punched in the seriously. face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing to me. Um, I don't know. I'm a Sunday night, I'm watching Celebrity Family Feud. <laughs> I'm like an old man. I watch game shows. Celebrity Family Feud. I'm watching $100,000 Pyramid with Michael Strahan, <laughs> who, Michael Rapport's great. Um, they had one episode. It was Usher and Von Miller. It's oh, pretty, wow. It's a pretty dynamic uh, duo there. Uh, Shark Tank is probably my favorite show. Love huh. Shark. I could watch Shark Tank all day. And Practical Jokers, I could watch all day. Probably seen like every episode. I, I guess I get caught up in stories. Uh, I'm an escapist at heart. No, but <laughs> you're you're a big like Comic Con guy. You're, you yeah, love those. I'm a giant nerd. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's fine. I mean, that's it's. I just you could see how some people can't get into it, and then you see how 500 million people do get into yeah. it. Um, it's probably like the most watched show in HBO history. I oh, imagine. absolutely. Yeah. M- most pirated show, most watched show. <laughs> and I heard there was a leak earlier in the week. And this is what we talk about here, folks, in the dog days of <laughs> August when the only things going on are got and solar eclipse <laughs> and NFL training camp. Uh, there's not much. Yeah, there was uh, there have been some hacking groups going around uh, hacking like HBO. I think actually like PlayStation got hacked recently, too. So like, hey, you know, we, we can do this, you know, pay us money. But uh the 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 leak last week was uh, I think it was Portugal HBO Portugal aired the wrong episode last hmm. week they aired the episode last night last week so that's where people got that early HBO Portugal what is this, this is <laughs> yeah seriously HBO for every country now? I guess there is HBO I didn't, I didn't Philippines know. yeah maybe there is <laughs> oh my god oh technology something new every day um, again this is the Jake Brown show coming up later in the program. We will talk about the New York Jets debacle and the fact that they told Josh McCown, the quarterback, to not talk to the media about why they didn't play him on over the weekend as the potential 0-16 Jets. Uh, the stories are already materializing, and we haven't even got to opening day. So Manish Mehta joins us from the New York Daily News. This guy is one of the most controversial beat writers out there. He has no problem just taking a huge dump all over the Jets franchise. And this year, it will be one of the easiest things to do as they just try their best to be the first pick in the draft and get Sam Darnold. Uh, We'll talk with him. And dropping uh, also this week, former Mets pitcher, former Cub. He's a pitching coach in the Padres minor league organization. Now, Glendon Rush. Talk about obscure players now. What I've liked to do, on the, uh, what I have done, and what I like to do on the show is bringing back kind of people from my childhood. Squints from uh, the Sandlot was a good one. I had Mo Vaughn on um, early on in the show, one of my favorite players as a kid. Um, who else have we had? We've had on Keith Van Horn, one of my favorite basketball players as a kid. Tiki Barber, my favorite football player. As a kid, Lenny Dykes from the '86 Mets, Rick Peterson, the former Mets pitching coach, Sugar Hill Gang. Right? I mean, the first one, the first rap songs um, out there. Mims, who had the, the biggest hit in the country when I was 15, I think 16. I, I worked at the label when that was. You uh, told me that, yeah. <laughs> and you so you knew Mims when he was actually recording. When he said he he kind of lost the passion for rap because of the business side, and he lost a lot of money from "This Is Why I'm Hot" that he never got. 
Probably, yeah. That that sounds like a record label. This was like 2006. You were there. Yeah, I was there. Uh, oh, five, I, I was at EMI from uh, so that we did like the marketing for Capital Inversion. I can't remember which one he was on, but so you knew him. He was on Capital. Capital, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I think I only met him like one time at like some meet and greet, but uh, yeah, I definitely remember that song, and there was a big push behind him. But uh, that's great. You're I don't you're <laughs> not a big rap guy, but that song was great. Oh yeah, no, it was good. It's I mean, still great. Yeah. I mean, he's still Absolutely. performing that around the world. Um, still, I mean, you can't beat that. And love for Mama Brown on the Facebook Live right now. <laughs> Hi, Mom. Um, so just trying to bring, bring back people. I mean, Kevin Harlan, Ian Eagle, uh, Lawrence Tynes. I mean, we've brought back a lot of people from a childhood. One of them is Glendon Rush, one of the more obscure players. But it was on that Mets 2000 team that made the World Series when I was nine years old. That team was special. They obviously lost to the Yankees, as the Mets did last week in a sweep. But Glendon Rush, a staple of that 2000 team. I saw a game where Glendon Rush, we got there, me, my dad, and my uncle in the fifth inning. A fifth inning of a game. We got there halfway through. It was Mets-Red Sox regular season. And Glendon Rush threw a one-hitter. The only hit was a doinker. It wasn't even a bunt to third base. It was an infield single, and that was the only hit. And it will be a moment. I'll ask him if he remembers that game. He probably does. Uh, a career five ERA, but he lasted from 97 to 2009, which tells you there's always room in baseball for left-handed pitching. No matter if your ERA is four, five, or six, uh, there'll be o- always be room for a southpaw in the major league. So Glennon Rush joins us, Manish Mehta, later in the show. The Mets trade away Curtis Granderson to the Dodgers and nothing but a class act. A guy that I interviewed a couple of years ago in the dugout, who he kind of got feisty when I said, well, what was it that you said Mets fans are true fans and you got backlash? And he told me, no, 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 someone told me that, and I took their perception of it. Um, but just a guy who always handled the media well, always gave you kind of the political, like, GEPG rated answer, would never go off the deep end, but a true leader in New York, and a guy who was a leader in with the Yankees, with the Mets, with the Tigers. And now he has a chance to win a World Series with one of the best baseball teams ever in this year's Los Angeles Dodgers, who right now are just putting on a show with how good they have been. It's absolutely mind-boggling how good the L.A. Dodgers have been. They are 87-35. and 35. They are 52 games over 500. they They're easily going to get to 100 wins. They have a 20-game lead on the Colorado Rockies, the biggest lead in baseball by far, the next closest team, is the Nationals up 14 games on the Miami Marlins, and the Dodgers are going to coast to the best record in baseball. They're going to coast to home field throughout, and I think they should coast to the World Series. Adding Curtis Granderson to a team that's already stacked that didn't even need him, just giving them that veteran leader in these last six weeks of the season and really last, I should say, 10 weeks as they go through the end of October, you would think. If the L.A. Dodgers do not win the World Series this year, it's an absolute disgrace. This team is just too damn good. They have everything you need. A good back into the bullpen, veteran leaders, a good lineup, power, hitters, occasional stolen bases, a good starting rotation, especially when Clayton Kershaw is back. Kershaw, Alex Wood. I mean, they have it all. And if the Dodgers do not get it done, man, there's going to be a lot of backlash in Hollywood. 
Because the only team, I mean, you have, they'll contend with the Cubs and the Nationals. But get what, guess what? The Dodgers are going to get one of those teams knocked out. Because in the first round, it's going to be Nationals versus the Cubs. That's if the Cubs do duke out, beat out the Milwaukee Brewers and the Cardinals. Brewers, two back, Cardinals, three and a half. If they do as we expect it, one of those teams is gone. So the Dodgers are already getting a break because they don't have to face both those guys. They take down either the Nationals, who have never been to the NLCS, or they take down the Cubs, who have some question marks, but have had but have filled up some holes nicely. And then go, they go in and add Rene Rivera and Alex Avila. They get in a good veteran defensive backup catcher, Rene Rivera, who we loved in New York here with the Mets. Um, good defensively, and I mean any guy that's chubby, you root for. I mean. <laughs> It's like Jonah Hill. When Jonah Hill got skinny, you didn't root for him. But when Jonah Hill was fat, you're like, this guy's amazing. And he was hilarious. But when Jonah Hill got skinny, you're like, he's not funny anymore. So it's like in baseball, too. The chubby, like, who doesn't like Bartolo Colon? Everyone loves him. He goes out and wins again for the Minnesota Twins yesterday, throwing six innings. And he becomes the only pitcher ever to beat all 30 teams. He beat the Diamondbacks. That was the one team he hadn't beat. And now Bartolo Colon... At the age of uh, 43, is it? He is 44. Excuse me. My goodness. Get him his AARP card soon. Has now beat all 30 teams. And you root for those guys. I mean, he defines like the chubby chaser. He's the guy who's like, you see Bartolo hit. And that's the only bad thing about him being on the Twins is that he doesn't hit unless it's in a National League ballpark. And the Twins, uh, last time I checked, are not getting to the World Series this year. So we won't really see him hit. But you root for those guys. Rene Rivera. Not to that level of extent of chubby, but a catcher, bigger guy, and you root for him. So he goes to the Cubs. And now it's, will the Nationals climb over the hill and get to a championship series? Well, they'll need Bryce Harper to get back and healthy before that happens. Now, we all know he'll probably be back, and if he's not 100%, he will play. Uh, But if he aggravates that injury, that bat, without him in the order, I don't think they'll be able to do it. I really already don't think they'll be able to beat the Dodgers. It's kind of like a video game roster. And usually we say, oh, it doesn't always work when it's on paper, when you see them. Gonna... I think it's different in baseball. When in baseball you are you have all these pieces and you got a couple extra, you're set. Basketball, it's different because when you try to have three egos together as one, it works sometimes. It worked with the Heat eventually. After the first year they lose, I mean, they, they still were winners. They made the finals. But combining clashing personalities and big egos in basketball doesn't always work because it's I want the ball in the last minute. I want the ball. I want the ball. I want the ball. We're going to see that a little bit with the Oklahoma City Thunder with Paul George and with Russell Westbrook, which I guess could transition me perfectly into my next point, which is this tampering issue, which I think is an absolute joke. Paul George and Lakers are being investigated for tampering, uh, reportedly centered around Magic Johnson and... It was at the request of the Pacers, the NBA opened up an investigation into alleged tampering by the Lakers. The independent investigation is being conducted by the law firm Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz, not Salino and Barnes, who apparently have, I think Salino and Barnes have been separated, although they're commercials, I feel like I still see them. Um, We need to add that to the soundboard. Salino and Barnes, injury insurance, 1877, forgot the number, 1877-2020 or something. Um, I don't know. Next time I see the commercial, I'll try to remember the number. But Selena Barnes might be gone. But this, this is great because this is this is a a squad: Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. They got four of them. 
And the Lakers have been cooperative and no findings have been made. But against Magic, while Paul George was still in a contract with the Lakers, was talking with him and, listen, these players are grown men. They're adults. What is, like, even if Magic's like, hey, come here, come here, it is up to Paul George to make a decision no matter what Magic says to him. So you're telling me if Magic gives a call to Paul George while he's under contract, Paul George has the decision to ignore the call. He has the decision to say, hey, Magic, I'm under contract. Like, I'm good. He has the decision to say, hey, talk to my agent. As my shirt says right now, call my agent. You can call his agent. There are so many things where Paul George doesn't need to respond to this. I'm not a huge fan of the whole tampering. I think it's too much politics and we're not talking about kids. There's an issue when you're tampering, when you're like John Calipari talking like a 12-year-old trying to recruit him six years early. That's to me, is a little ridiculous. But these are NBA players with big egos and big paychecks. Magic Johnson will still be alive if Paul George didn't go to the Lakers. His net worth will still be $600 million. I know there's rules, and I get it, and guys are under contract, but it's a little too much politics involved with the whole tampering issue. I'm just not a fan of it. And I think they'll probably find him to be innocent. I feel like this is just the Pacers being a little bit bitter that now they'll pretty much be irrelevant. Maybe they'll slide into the playoffs because the East is not very good. But the NBA's interpretation of tampering has become a gray area over these last few few years. So you're telling me when Magic gives a call, it's tampering. But when, say, LeBron calls Paul George and says, come to Cleveland, that's not. So what is tampering? Player to player? Oh, fine. DeMarcus Cousins shooting out text to Melo? Yeah, that's fine. But if the Pelicans' owner... Shoots out a text to Carmelo. It's tampering and he's getting fined six figures and a suspension. Come on now. It's just like the whole domestic violence suspension with the NFL. It's different every time. Josh Brown gets one game. Ezekiel gets six. Ray Rice essentially blackballed from the NFL when the video came out. Things just aren't clear. Um, not just in the NBA, but the NFL and all sports. It's just things are not very clear. And that's an issue. So I think in the end, they'll see this this crew of Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz. But you know what? In sports, when, when, you, when tampering happens... Nobody is safe. I mean, you just never know. You just don't know. And that was reported by a former friend of the program, Peter Vesey. And if you don't remember the thing that happened with me and Peter Vesey, uh, a famous New York Post reporter, a guy has been reported to the NBA. Now he's doing stuff with Patreon, that website where you, you have to pay to see their content. And, you know, I mean, it's kind of smart, I guess. If, if you have a fan base who will pay $5 a month to see your content, why not charge? Especially if you're doing your own thing now, like a Peter Vesey. But what happened with me and Peter Vesey is 
So I he came on our show and he basically said, this is the Brown and Scoop days. He basically said, he said, uh, if, if Kurt Rambis remains the Knicks head coach, that Carmelo would request a trade. And uh, I wrote a story on it, on what he said. And a coworker of mine told me how to word it, and I guess I worded it where I didn't really – I credited him, but I said, like, report says or source says, report says that if Kurt, if Kurt Rambis stays, Melo will be traded. And it blew up on Nick's Twitter. Everyone was going crazy, and then Vessi was not happy about it. He said, uh, you didn't credit me, and this is – I didn't have a – there was a whole drama around it. And I don't think – I wanted to get Vessi on, but I don't think – he would come back on now because he was not happy about that. But it caused a lot of drama. Um, you you, you got to word that right. Sources and reports. And and I didn't say if. I think I said it, if Kurt Rambis stays, Melo will be traded. And the wording was a little off. So a couple of words here and there will change everything. And it can change an entire relationship with a guy. And that story was blew up online. And then he hits us up and. I was actually looking at, and this will seamlessly transition me again. Pretty good seamless transition. I was actually looking at apartments in a story when this happened last summer. This was maybe May of last year, June. And I was looking at apartments. And when you look at that, a year later, a little over a year later, the apartment search is back. And let me tell you, just a ridiculous thing. It's semi-ridiculous. Um, again, Jake Brown show Manish made us coming up in a little bit to talk about the devastating New York Jets as their season is already crumbling before it has even begun. And Glenda Rush will join us this week as well. Um, told my landlord I'm not sure yet if I'm going to leave or if I'm going to stay or what whatnot. And uh, people wanted it, and I knew that. And I was waiting on a couple things and. I was hoping, and then I'll, let me tell you, this lady's 85 years old, doesn't have a cell phone. She uses her own phone. I mean, get with the program. We're in 2017. At least get like a flip phone or a razor. Come on now. I mean, come on. That's. Hello? I mean, this is amateur hour. Come on, son. So I call her Saturday and say, hey, I'm going to end up staying for September. Either find a roommate in the next 10 days or we will. We'll, I'll pay for both for one month and then figure it out from there. It gives you some time to find something. She goes, Oh, oh no, oh no. I'm like, Oh no, this can't be good. She's like, I can't even do her voice. Can you do, Brian, in a voice of an 85 year old woman from Italy speaking English? Can, can you I, have, I probably probably shouldn't do that. Yeah, I, I can't, I, I can't really impersonate her voice. But she's like, oh, they already gave me $4,200 check. And Jake, you have to move. You have to. I can't even do Why can't I do an old Italian voice? It's embarrassing. So she's basically like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not even going to stop. Or I'm just going to talk normal because I, <laughs> I can't do her voice. She, she goes, oh, they already gave the money. It's in the bank. And I'm like, um, uh, you didn't call me to tell me. Like give you give me a warning at least if you're gonna do it. She's like, oh, they're interested. They want to have you made your decision. If she said that, I'm gonna say yes because you know what? I'll figure it out later. Whatever. Didn't even call, and they shared. They gave the check, and I was like, I told you. So I call her Saturday. Now you're supposed to give them 30 days notice. Sure, I was late. It was the 19th. End of the month is in 12 days. I understand that. 
But I deserve a warning. I lived there for 13 months, 14 months. She should have said, hey, they're about to give me a check. Can you let me know this second? Right? Like, that's a nice thing to do. Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, just because you didn't give an answer, it doesn't mean she shouldn't have uh, sought out an answer. Yeah. It, it was just kind of rude. And she makes it sound like, oh, you go with your parents. My parents live in Charlotte. I mean, it's not that easy to just go to North Carolina, pack up my bags, go down there. One, stop doing the show here. Two, I mean, trying to wait on jobs and interviews and stuff potentially up there. It's not the easiest thing to just go to Charlotte and just leave here um, out of the blue. And it's not the easiest thing that I'm looking now to find a place within 10 days that you can do a month to month. There's Airbnb, but some of those situations are weird and the people you have to live with are weird. Yeah. And I'm looking every. Here's the thing. I hate cats. I don't know if I'm allergic to them, but I hate cats. And I'm seeing a couple nice places here and there, and they're like, live with our adorable kitty. And as soon as I see kitty or cat, I delete the listing. I don't want it. <laughs> like, are you a cat guy? No, I'm allergic. Yeah. I, I, I was always a dog person. Yeah, I mean, and then if I see one with a dog, I usually if they post a picture, I'll, if it's too big, I say no. I'm more of a puppy guy. Like, if they have a puppy, that's great. And puppy's <laughs> great, too, with the ladies. Like, if I walk around a puppy, you know, I'm a single bachelor, 26, New York City. I'm walking around a puppy. That's a good look. Absolutely. So, so even if it's a dog, it's a good look too. I'm just not a big dog fan because you know, I mean, especially you're going to a new house. That thing's gonna attack you and eat you alive. But a cat, man. Not only I mean, cats. One thing. I don't know if I'm allergic, but I feel like I might be. Even if I wasn't, they just scratch you up. Yep. For no reason. It's like they're great for Instagram and all the pictures. Sure. <laughs> you want to make a freaking kitty cat Instagram page? Oh, be my guest. But when you're talking about cats and owning them and living with them, I mean, they're just worth nothing. They're like having an, having a cockroach in the house to me. I just, that's a little aggressive. Yeah, they don't do anything. They just sit there. Yeah. And it's like at least a puppy, like it'll get you a chick, like the chick will come over or whatever. You can play with the puppy. And they're at least like they're kind of loving and they're cute, even though all they really want is food. But they want your love too. They want to yeah, be, absolutely. they want to be held. A cat does not want to be held. A cat just wants to become Instagram fans. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I look at those listings, I'm already like that. So you send so many emails for these listings and stuff, and you get some crazy stuff. And I, I guess I saved one in Jersey City. And, I mean, this is always the sign that it's either fake or you have no chance in hell that you want to live with this person. You get a guy named, I won't say his name, but hello. Thank you for replying for the advert placed. Is advert ad a shirt for advert? I guess. I never knew that's this. A, a, that's a new that's a new one for me. Yeah, I've never heard this. And one, this is all in bold. So he's already, I mean, and he's a reverend. So, I mean, little does he know, he's a chubby Jewish boy is coming into town. <laughs> um, I'm happy to inform you that the place is still available for rent, and you were the first person to contact me about it. Oh, how about that? I'm sure I was, reverend. Well, I would love to rent it out to you. I really need to know how soon you want to move in. But I was transferred out of the state for divine call and preached the word of God to the people out here in. I came over with my lovely wife because of the love I had for her. <laughs> Your lovely wife for the love you had for her. I, I hope you love her. And we shall be staying for at least four to five years before coming back to the state. Yeah, this... If this is not a scam, I don't know what is. I made up my mind to sell the house until my lovely wife advised that we should keep it for future purpose. Period. And then 
lowercase r. <laughs> right now, we are renting and not selling, but we would like to leave it into a good hand. Period. No space. Lowercase t. <laughs> the house is currently vacant and locked while I'm seeking to find a suitable, responsible couples. At least do proper English here. Single or student. And if I may ask, how long are you willing to stay? The house is furnished with all the necessary equipment and appliances, and it it's includes all the bills, too. The house is available for short and long-term lease. Don't be surprised if you find the home with another site and different price. I have planned to rent it out through real estate before, but they are not serious, simply because they have a lot of houses to lease out, and they added so much money to the rent while their commission is not fair. We were not getting the responses we needed, so I decided to terminate our contract with them and put it up for rent ourselves. This is as fishy as it gets, folks. If you notice, you will discover that the price we are offering is far below standard price. I wonder why, because you're going to take my money through MoneyGram or Western Union? And this is enough for you to know that we are not after the rental fee, but the absolute care for the property. The house is available for as long as you want. The rent includes all utilities and close to all amenities. I would advise to rent out the place because there's no one... No one leaving there, not living, right now, since after our last tenant moved out. The, and then like paragraph space later, place is available for immediate move-in, including the rank cable, kitchen completely equipped, kettle, kettle, what, what are we in England? Toaster, dishwasher, freezer, microwave, oven, dryer, heat, water, washing machine, and electric. And I knew something was fishy. When the monthly rent was $570. Oh, yeah. This is Jersey City. Yes, Jersey City is a little cheaper. But in no way, shape, or form is there a nice place with all this equipment for $570. No, that, that's that's some, something's up with that. I don't even know why I looked at it or saved it, but I was like, that price was... And there's so many scams on these sites that as I've looked over the years, it's scary. But $570. Yeah, that's... Uh... I'd be living in a shack. Like, that's usually like a garage to throw your stuff in his five. Less than my rent. Yeah, that's less than anyone, in, I think, in the tri-state area's rent. Please, if you know, if you are ready now to occupy the house, kindly provide the information below for record purpose. If you're interested in renting my home, then answer the question below. And then spaces. So if you're really interested, I will want you to fill the rent application form below. What kind of rent application comes in an email first? Middle name, last name, profession, cell phone, cell phone, work number, your kid, kids. President, all right, he hasn't asked for Social Security yet. President address, city, state, zip code, how long of renting while you're leaving? This home be given to how long do you intend staying? Monthly income, you have a pet. Na name of pet? Why do you need the name of my freaking pet? Kind of pets. Habits. Do you smoke? Do you drink? Do you work late night? Your valid ID could be attached with the application. Please feel free to ask any questions. Please feel free to ask any questions you do not understand, and I will be looking forward to receive your email as soon as possible. As I am not around to show the inside, you can go check out the neighborhood from the outside and get back to me if you really like it for more. Yeah, let me just use my free time to stroll around freaking Jersey City to see what amenities there are around your $570 apartment. Let me do that. In case you see any aboard, they are the realtor in charge of my house before I decided to take it over by myself. I am no more working with them. And don't bother to contact them because formerly I went to this other property before me and my lovely family now decided to rent it out instead of selling it out. Thanks for choosing my home and remain blessed. Reverend blank blank. Well, he sounds like a lovely person with a lovely family. <laughs> what was his best line was uh well transfer out of the state for divine call and preach 
<laughs> the word of God is hilarious. And then the best line is, I came over my lovely wife because of the love I have for her. How considerate <laughs> of you. Loving your wife and moving in with her? Wow, what a world. In a world where a lovely wife and lovely husband come together as one. <laughs> this is Reverend Batman. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I kind of wish I I want to find more fake ones so I get great emails like this, because this is amazing. Yeah, that's pretty great. And if you could just go through and all the mistakes and punctuation problems with it, it makes it greater. But just the wording, man! Wow, what a world we live in. So that's my search. So if anyone listening or watching on Facebook Live, if you have an open apartment, maybe a couch, I could probably find a few couches. But couches, it's like. After a night or two, your neck hurts. Oh, yeah. It's not comfy. Plus, the couch is, like, dirty. People sit on it. They spill stuff all over. I'm not a big fan of sleeping on the couch for a long term. Plus, I feel like an ultimate bum if I do that. It's like you just feel you're at the lowest point of your life when you're living off of a couch. It's like, well, it's one thing to stay there on a drunken night or a weekend with a friend. But when you're there for, like, a week or more, you are the epitome of bum. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're starting to hit rock bottom at that Have point. Have you yeah. ever had a week or more where you had to sleep on a couch? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, that's taking it to another level. Again, you're listening to the Jake Brown show on Play.it. I guess I could still play say Play.it. Yeah, for now. For now. <laughs> who knows? This show, who knows? I'd like to make it to the year mark, but October 1st, but we'll see. As... So much has to be determined with the state of the company. Um, uh, but you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. And if you're a Stitcher user, I still don't know who uses Stitcher. Now, you have an Android, so I guess you use Stitcher. Uh, I have a Stitcher account, but that's really just so I can check things when yeah. they go wrong here. <laughs> One thing that went wrong, which is very odd, my show is replacing the sports section. I knew it was wrong because I was only subscribing Spotify podcast to my show and candidly, Keisha came up, so that was alarming. That was kind of my fault, so I apologize for that. <laughs> How did that happen? And then the sports section, I see where mine usually is. It says, candidly, Keisha. I'm like, this chick ain't a sports show. I know that. Uh, we have a whole other system, not to get too inside behind the curtain here, but uh, we had to update all the RSS feeds, and I, I just I, I hit copy, and it just didn't do it, so it just copied the one, the same thing twice, and it's a big, long string. And there's no, like, the words are not in there. It's just a strict, like, letters and numbers. So that's totally on me, and I apologize. <laughs> it's just so, it was just so random. I was like, what? Um, so a large white Jewish man was replaced by a black woman um, <laughs> in, a, in a crazy series of events. Um, but we're all good and back now. We are. And we are still alive as we are wrapping up hour one of the solar eclipse. We are alive and well. As you look behind us now, the sun. I'm yeah, I can't tell if that's dark or cloudy at this point. The sun is its not over here. It's on the other side. So yeah, we're not near the sun. Um, but we are alive. And if we don't make it through the show, it's been a good run. If I have to die, I'd be behind the microphone. <laughs> Put my life out on the field for the listener. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Jake Brown Show. Manish Mehta coming up. Anquan Bolden, after two weeks, just two weeks ago, signing with the Bills. He's retiring. And I don't know if it was Tyrod Taylor or or someone. I guess Tyrod Taylor maybe sucked, and he's like, all right, I have enough. Anquan Bolden ranks ninth in career receptions. Calling quits after 14 NFL seasons. 
He's 36 years old, which in NFL years is old. That's like doggy years. I don't know. Like eight, I guess, in doggy years is old. 36 in NFL years is old yeah, for crazy. a receiver. Quarterbacks who go to their 40. Running backs usually running backs usually go to like 33, 34. That's, I think that's pushing it. I, I, these days, I think it's more like 31, 32. And yeah. Like you're, you're a dinosaur at that point. Yeah. When you're th- over 32, you're more of like a third stringer at that point or just a veteran in the f- locker room. Um, you see running backs, once they cross 30, they just don't get the contracts anymore. And it really shows you when Devontae Freeman at $8 million a year is the highest paid player. We're looking at Derek Carr getting $25 million a year when the guy hasn't even started in one playoff game in his life. And I've talked about this in the past, but my God, the the changes in quarterbacks and everything is, is amazing. And I'm, I'm watching, I guess, Little League Baseball on ESPN right now. There's solar eclipse facts. Caution. Do not look directly at the sun. Meanwhile, everyone is looking at the sun and taking pictures. And what was that? With they said, if you put your phone up there, your phone could break or something. Uh, I, I've heard some conflicting things. It's either the your phone can still reflect some of the UV rays into your eyes, and also your camera is not really uh, made to uh, to take in that kind of uh, light or radiation or whatever, and that can actually damage the lens. So, uh, which, whichever one of those is true, I'm not really you sure. You know how many lenses are going to be broken? Everyone's Snapchatting the sun. It's just. Well, I wouldn't want to work at the Apple store uh, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, Apple's going to have a field day today and tomorrow. Um, what? Where do you get the glasses? Everyone's got glasses. Are they just like in stores? Like, are people giving them out in the streets? Uh, that's are they a, going to the movie you theater? Know, I, I've seen about everybody on my Facebook feed asking, like, oh, where can I get these glasses? And I don't think anybody ever answered them. So I have no idea where you get them. Yeah, it's it's like everyone has like where are you go like are you going to see a three D movie and just picking them up there or I mean, well that would make it pretty easy but uh but uh no I I think they got to be they have to be uh some pretty strong like uh I, I think I have a friend who who's who's a welder and he has like a like a welding mask uh you have to have like a grade twelve like uh, protection or something like that uh, class twelve something like that. Grade uh, twelve. Yeah. So I don't even really know what the hell that means. Like chemistry class now. But it, you have to have some significant, you know, uh, coverage to, to really look at it. Weird. I don't know. The solar eclipse. It's like the world is just coming to an end. What else is going on? I mean, we talk Granderson, Bartolo. We talk Bolden. We talk Magic Johnson and Paul George, which is a joke. I don't think that should happen. People are making a story, and I had to write a reaction to it. You can check it out on the knicksblog.com with us and why about Blake Griffin saying that LeBron, he thinks LeBron would prefer going to the New York Knicks over going to the Clippers or Lakers. Blake Griffin knows jack shit. I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. And he even said, I haven't talked to him, but that's what he thought. And then, I mean, listen, we're talking about freaking solar eclipse and we're talking about emails from a land like a fake landlord. So it, it kind of shows you the state of sports, what's going on, and it's pretty quiet. So I understand it being a story, but he says something brewing with LeBron and his guys and more likely go to New York. The Lakers have the Lake Show once again if LeBron comes to town. He has a home there. You know LeBron wants to be on Hollywood and be in movies after his career and he has so much he could do. And listen, you could do a lot of stuff in New York, too. Obviously, this is the Mecca. 
But the Lakers, you're going to have Lonzo Ball. You're going to have Brandon Ingram. You're going to have Julius Randle. Brooke Lopez's contract is off the books after this season. They'll have money to go get LeBron. You have Magic Johnson recruiting him. James Dolan ain't recruiting anyone. The only person James Dolan is recruiting is members for his band for his terrible JD in the straight shot in front of 42 people at the city winery. <laughs> Sold out tickets, city winery, James Dolan playing the freaking kazoo. I'm sure you want to go see that garbage. I mean, come on. Listen, Madison Square Garden is the mecca. It's a magical place to play. It's a magical place as a fan to go, and it still is despite how shitty the Knicks are. But I just think the Lakers and even the Clippers, maybe more the Lakers, bring more to the table next summer for LeBron than the Knicks do. The Knicks will have Kristaps Porzingis. They'll have Joachim Noah's bad contract. They likely won't have Mel anymore, and if they do, it'll only be a year left on his contract. They'll have Frank Nitalakina, the point guard from France. But there ain't much else for the Knicks going. And despite New York playing at the Garden, even with LeBron added to that, unless they bring in a couple more stars, the Knicks will won't be a top of the tier, top of the East team. Maybe they'll middle of the pack or bottom of the East. LeBron will make them a playoff team, but not a championship team. He wants to dethrone the Warriors. And those teams in the West. That's my opinion. And I think to do that, he can with the Lakers and the youth. Give these guys a year. Give Ball a year. Ingram another year. Randall another year. Give these guys another year under their belt. And put them with LeBron next summer. That's going to be an attractive landing point too. Maybe Paul George goes there if he doesn't stay with the Thunder. And then the Lake Show is back in, in La La Land. Kobe's at, I mean, uh, LeBron's at his home out there. And they're maybe winning titles. But put them in New York, and it's a show, and it's the Garden. But the Knicks won't be champions. There's just too much that needs to be done. I do think he considers the Knicks. And that's not wild to say he's considering New York and L.A., hmm, the two biggest markets in America. No shit, Sherlock. But to, to for Blake Griffin to say, ah, I think he, he prefer New York over L.A. Off the basis of what, bro? If you haven't heard that from him... And you're just saying it? What are you promoting? What are you, what are you trying to plug? What are you trying to get in the, in the headlines here? I can see it now. Blake Griffin and LeBron James in a movie. I can see them together in a movie. <laughs> Blake Griffin's hilarious. Blake Griffin is hilarious, yeah. LeBron's not really hilarious, but he's LeBron, so you know he'll get roles. Potentially. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I really haven't seen him do anything other than those Sprite commercials. Yeah, but, but you know he want, like he's the kind of guy that he wants to do. Like You could see him doing it, and you could see them maybe in a basketball movie maybe. pairing up. And I think he's too athletic to not be in a sports movie when his, when his NBA career is said and done. I'd say he's got like four or five years. He's got five years, maybe a little more. I think I'd say five. I think he's got one more big contract after this year with the Cavs. Probably got a four- or five-year deal, one big one left, and then it's over. But I just see it fitting more in L.A. Listen, I'm a Knicks fan. If he comes here, I'll be jumping for joy. But I just don't see it happening. This is the Jake Brown Show. I'll play it out at iTunes and Spotify. Um, we're going to hand it over to Manish Maida in a couple of minutes to talk about the Jets and talk about Josh McCown having to keep mum about the New York Jets not playing him over the weekend. And I forgot to mention the umpires ending their protests. What are you guys, five years old? Wearing a white wristband? To protest the verbal attacks on umpires. 
I mean, are we children? This is, I mean, this is just a joke. How about you get calls? Like, this has been the name of the game forever. Now you guys have all this technology and you have replay where you're really going to wear, like, this is, I mean, it's not Breast Cancer Awareness Month. If you want to wear a pink wristband for that, yes, please do. That's where you wear color brand. You're wearing white wristbands. Stop yelling at us. My God. It's like you got put in timeout. It's like, let's unite as one. We are umpires. Come on. And the guy, one of the guys, they're kind of on his side, which no other freaking players on his side. Ian Kinsler ripped apart Angel Hernandez. You don't see any other, you don't see a freaking player come to Angel Hernandez's defense because he's not a good umpire. Joe West calls Adrian Beltre the biggest complainer. Listen, when an umpire is bad or makes a statement like that, you want to unite as one, be my guest. But there ain't not one fan and there ain't not a single player who supported that movement. And Rob Manfred put that protest to an end. He said, shut up or we ain't paying you. You guys are getting paid six figures to be umpires. You got a nice gig. Take the offseason off. Take the winter and go to a tropical island. Do whatever you like. But don't you dare protest the game because you're not going to have any supporters. Nobody likes a ref. Nobody likes an umpire. I'm sure they're great guys, but no one's favoring you in any sport, especially football. I mean, you see some of these receivers get in the face of guys. We, I want a flag. I want a flag. And a lot of times some of the refs are so – baseball it's different where it's like – I don't know. You're not going to make a call because you're intimidating a guy. Football – Oda Beckham comes after you to, after getting held a little bit. They sometimes throw the flag immediately, and you think the player does have a little bit of an impact. Baseball, not as much. Football, you can clearly impact a referee's decision by going crazy. Because some of these guys, I mean, not just that they're intimidating, but you just see it more, and it's more acceptable in the NFL. And you already had the NFL go after when they had the backup refs, which was just a nightmare and debacle. We don't need backup umpires because once we get backup umpires, the whole game will be automated and by its system. Every ball and strike, which I think eventually could happen, will be done automatically through a computerized system where they have the the location, they have the, the, the strike zone, they have an actual box, and they computerize and they do it by that versus the human eye. We may have that. You already have replays. You get two, you get two challenges. You get one or you get two challenges, and then in the last couple innings, they review whatever is close. So you already have the game transforming in that way. And we'll see that soon. And we'll also see, I'm sure, because it doesn't seem like much of an issue because it seems ridiculous if it is an issue. In between innings, we'll see when the rainy days you saw it happen to Med Rosario and obviously with Bryce Harper getting hurt, the slippery bases. We'll have in between innings baseball boys. We won't call them ball boys, base boys. Sounds like a, like a baseball rock group. The base boys coming to town. Wiping down the bases so guys don't slip and things like Harper don't happen. Coming up next on the Jake Brown Show on Play.it, iTunes, Spotify, Jake Brown Radio, Jake Brown Show, is a New York Jets beat writer for the New York Daily News. He's a Jets and NFL columnist. Manish Maida will join us to wrap up the show and then check out our next podcast with Glendon Rush, the former Major League pitcher, and stay tuned for a guest in the future Thanks, everybody, for checking in uh, on the Jake Brown Show. Hope you're surviving the solar eclipse. 
and we'll see you next time. Damn, son, where'd you find this one? featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And we're back on the second half of uh, the Jake Brown Show, CBS Radio's Play.it Podcast Network, iTunes, and Spotify, where you find us and follow me at Jake Brown Radio and follow the show at Jake Brown Show. The It's well documented. I'm a Mets and Jets fan. Unfortunately, as the Jets... Uh, Already potential 0-16 season is just getting off to all sorts of ridiculous storylines before the season's even begun. And to talk about the New York Jets with us now is Manish Mehta from the New York Daily News. He's the Jets and the NFL columnist there. You can follow him on Twitter at MMehtaNYDN. Uh, Manish, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Jake. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you coming on. Appreciate you surviving the solar eclipse and not giving in and getting any sort of glasses. Um, be, being a man, toughening it out um, because the glasses are somewhat ridiculous. It looks like you're seeing a 3D movie with those. Um, but we're here and the Jets. I, I need to start with the, the story over the weekend because it's just so ridiculous that the Jets. Take us through this, Manish, because the Jets reportedly told Josh McCown to not talk to you guys about not not talked about the media about not playing against the Lions over the weekend. Can you sort this out for me? Sure. It, it was kind of bizarre, to say the least. Uh, after the game, Todd Bowles spoke uh, down the hallway from where the locker room is, and they brought in Christian Hackenberg and Bryce Petty as well. Uh, I stuck around for, for uh, the head coach and Hackenberg, and then I went down the hall to the locker room, and some of the players obviously had already dressed, ready to go on the bus because – not playing a full slate, and a guy like Josh McCown's not playing at all that night. So he was one of the first guys out, and uh, another reporter and I approached him, asked him if he could speak for a few minutes. And if anyone knows Josh McCown, they know that he's extremely media friendly, very accessible guy. Uh, he said he was willing to talk, but a uh, media relations official for the team specifically told him, "Don't talk." So at that point, I went in the locker room and. And McCown said he'd hang back for a few minutes uh, to see if we could kind of sort things out. And when I went in the locker room with the other reporter, we talked to another PR official, and, and nothing ever became of it because uh, I, I think they checked with Todd Bowles. Uh, at least one official did. And uh, ultimately, we did not get an opportunity to talk to Josh McCown, which is an, an unusual thing for a, you know, a member of the organization to do, to censor a veteran quarterback. This guy's 38 years old. I think he's been in the league, what, 15-some-odd years. So. Uh, extremely unusual. Uh, supposedly, he will talk today, but uh, after a game like that, in which you're expecting McCown to be the starter, only to find out minutes before kickoff that he's not going to start, uh, it's it's uh, it's inexcusable. I said that to the Jets. I made that clear to them that uh, it's a violation of the NFL's media relations po- uh, media policy after games, and uh, really kind of unfathomable. I've been doing this for a very long time. I've never heard a member uh, of a PR staff tell a player specifically not to talk, especially a player who was willing to talk. I mean, what are they hiding? I mean, what's going on? (laughs) That's a mystery, right? Uh, I I don't know. Maybe they want to get their story straight. I I can't speak to that. I I don't know. I just know that it was a surprise that he did not start, and uh, it was even more surprising that they wouldn't let uh, him speak about it. Uh, Again, I've been doing this for a very long time, and I haven't encountered anything quite like that. 
is McCown in your eyes going to be the week one starter or does Hackenberg or Petty get the shot? Well, barring injury, McCown's going to be the starter, and mm-hmm. he will start against the Giants. He'll play a lion's share of the reps, as uh, typically the starters do in every third preseason game. It's your final opportunity, of course, before the games actually count. And uh, certainly uh, Josh McCown is not going to play that final fourth preseason game against people. So uh, barring some kind of injury uh, in week three, uh, he will be the starter when the Jets open up in Buffalo. Uh, there's nothing at this point that Christian uh, – sorry. I was going to say Christian McCaffrey. How about that? Uh, <laughs> Christian Hackenberg can do to, to get the job. He, he had his opportunity in Detroit the other night. It didn't go so well, and I, I don't think it was entirely surprising to people in the organization. They just wanted to give him an opportunity to play with the starters and play against the first-team defense, and the, the results uh, obviously weren't to their liking, and uh, he's got a, lot, a long way to go. Uh, I think ultimately Hackenberg will play this year. But uh, he's nowhere near ready to be the week one starter. And I think that Bowles would be doing his locker room a disservice by playing the inferior quarterback. Uh, It's the most important position on the field. And for better or for worse, Josh McCown is the best player at that position at this time for this team. And it's too bad the Jets didn't draft McCaffrey because this guy, I think, is going (laughs) to be a star in the NFL uh, within a couple of years. And another guy who, I mean, it's it's over with, it's the draft, but I, I was really high on Deshaun Watson, and I think they should, the Jets, he would be their week one starter if they had drafted him. Do you think they missed out on that? Uh, I don't. Uh, maybe I'm in the minority. I, I think there's a definite ceiling for Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, he's, he's a winner. I mean, you hear that all the time. Obviously, he had a lot of success in college. Ultimately, I don't think he's a, a star player at that position. And when you look at the bigger picture for the Jets specifically, you've got three quarterbacks who I've been told by plenty of scouts coming out next year or expected to come out next year in Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen, mm-hmm. who each will be better than anybody who was drafted in this year's class, including Watson and Mitchell Trubisky. Obviously, it's an inexact science. Nobody knows for certain. But at least at this point, uh, in, in late August, uh, the – you know, the prevailing thought from people who have studied these quarterbacks over the last year has been that each of those guys has a real potential to be a franchise quarterback. And I think when the Jets ultimately get a top five pick, because barring something out of left field, I think they will get one of the top picks in next year's draft. I think they're going to get one of these quarterbacks. And if it's number one, I would say the leader in the clubhouse right now for the Jets is Sam Darnold. Manish made a New York Daily News on the Jake Brown show with us. Um, has has Petty looked so? Because Petty got a couple of shots uh, last season. Has Petty l- looked so bad that I mean Hacken- Hackenberg's hopped over him on the depth chart? Yes, uh, I think it's been clear uh, all off season, even before training camp, and then certainly over these past couple weeks in training camp and the preseason that that Petty is number three on the totem pole in the eyes of the organization. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. In fact, I can almost guarantee you that that will not change. Mm -hmm. And if you looked at the other night, Petty played decently. Uh, He he led the team to two field goal drives in the second half, which isn't going to knock anyone's socks off, of course. But uh, he certainly played better than Hackenberg. Now you have to clearly factor in that he was playing against second and third string guys. And and in that fourth quarter, he was playing against guys who aren't even going to be in the league in a couple weeks. So, that's uh, you know that's something that shouldn't be discounted. Uh, I I think that Petty has played well enough uh, to to make the to make the roster. I think he will be the number three quarterback on this team this year. Uh, in terms of starting, you know that ship has sailed. I know it was a different coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball last year, but the new coaching staff has seen enough to know in their minds 
that he's not really a part of the starting quarterback equation. So this year is going to be about Josh McCown starting and then ultimately giving way to Christian Hackenberg so the Jets can get a full and fair evaluation of Hackenberg before ultimately deciding how they want to proceed at the quarterback position. And I think, again, you don't want to bury a guy before the season starts. But I think if you're a betting man, uh, the odds are pretty high that the Jets will be drafting a quarterback in the first round next year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there might be higher than the fact that Mayweather is going to beat McGregor uh, this <laughs> weekend. It's, it's very possible. Um, I like to use the caps from Manish. If I'm with two friends and and we're, we're a great trio, I'll say name a more iconic trio, I'll wait. Now let me do a 180 with the New York Jets. Name a more pathetic trio of quarterbacks, I'll wait. I mean, this might be the worst set of quarterbacks a team in Jets history has ever had. Well, they're at the bottom of the, of the league at that position this year. I can tell you that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the Jags are going to give these guys a, a run yeah. for their money. I know that, I know that Henny and Bortles have had some success at least in their in different parts of their career. So, look, it's it's not it, it, it's clearly a weak link on their team. It's clearly uh, the most important position on, on any team. And uh, this is a franchise, and I don't have to tell you this, but this is a franchise who has not had a franchise quarterback for uh, almost five five decades. So. <laughs> yeah. It's elusive. It's something they need to get right, and that's why I think that the record really doesn't matter to, to these guys. And now, I, when I say these guys, I'm talking about the decision makers above the coaches, because coaches and players obviously are playing and coaching to win. Todd Bowles isn't assured anything after this season, so he he wants to put his best foot foot forward and and at least develop some of these younger guys. And clearly, you're not going to get a, an NFL player trying to uh, tank a game or tank a season because the minute you don't play full out 100% in this sport, you're going to get hurt. So I don't think the guys on the field and on the sidelines on fall Sundays are going to be tanking, but I do think that the people above them ideally would like to be positioned uh, to draft uh, a franchise quarterback, and I think that they believe that the guys coming out or expected to come out in next year's draft could be the answer to their problem. Well, the thing is, their tanking is them playing because the skill on this team is just so poor. And there's just when Robbie Anderson right now is your number one wide receiver, and you have a couple of nice pieces on defense, and you have Powell and Forte, but outside of that, I mean, tanking is playing for the Jets this season. It's just the talent that's been put there uh, is you're in a position where if they win more than two or three games, you're kind of shocked, right? Yeah, I would say uh, I, would, I would put a ceiling of four. Yeah, uh, and maybe, maybe I'll be surprised and they win five. I don't see that happening. I think I think a fair ceiling is four. And uh, and you touched on the younger players. I think specifically on defense, there are a lot of promising young pieces. Whether it's Leonard Williams or Jamal Adams, Marcus May, uh, who knows about what happens ultimately to Mo Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson. But they have a lot of uh, quality young pieces on that side of the ball. Uh, who need to grow and need to develop. And I know they don't have a quarterback, and I know they don't have the answer to that position in all likelihood on the roster, but these other parts of the of the team, specifically on defense, really need to, to get more playing experience and, and to grow uh, as a unit. The, the offensive side is really barren. If, you, if you're going to be objective about it, be honest about it, they don't have playmakers on offense. Uh, they have Bilal Powell, who to me is a productive player in a complementary role in a in a – timeshare type of situation in the backfield. I think the minute that you ask Bilal Powell to carry the load for an entire season, he will break down. That's been proven in short stretches. Yes, he can carry the mail for two, three, maybe four weeks at a time, like you saw at the end of last year. But but he's not a true difference maker. They have no difference makers at the wide receiver, uh, wide receiver position. And if you just think about it, 
their best wide receiver on paper is a second-year undrafted player who had about, what, five, 600 yards last year. So that'll tell you everything you need to know at that position. That position, to me, is, is not NFL caliber. It's just not. They, 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 don't, they don't have enough NFL caliber wide receivers. And I think that specifically is embarrassing. <laughs> you say what you yeah. want about the quarterbacks, but they took a shot with Hackenberg in the second round. Doesn't look like it'll pan out, but we'll see. The wide receiver position has uh, been completely neglected. Uh, you know, getting rid of Eric Decker probably wasn't going to make a difference in terms of win loss, just like getting rid of David Harris uh, in June as well wasn't really going to move the needle in terms of record. But those are two valuable veterans who can teach some of these younger players at their position groups uh, to, to be a pro and, and I think be a good locker room presence. And I think there's value in that. Now, there's certainly value in cutting their salaries, and that mm-hmm. was the motivation behind Woody Johnson wanting Mike McCagnan and Todd Bowles to cut ties with those guys. But you got to sprinkle in some more veterans than they have. They only have four players who are over, or who are 30 or over on their roster, and one of them is the long snapper. So for all <laughs> intents and purposes, you've got three guys who are who could be considered, you know, uh, established veterans in this league. Yeah, and a couple things that you just said. One, um, Hackenberg, just a terrible pick, especially that early in the draft. I mean, the guy regressed in the year before he was drafted, and they picked him so damn early that I don't think a team was even considering him. Uh, until like the fourth or fifth round. Um, so that pick scares you. And as soon as they got rid of David Harris, I tweeted, he will be a Patriot. A week later, <laughs> uh, Bill Belichick said, hey, I'll take him, as he usually does uh, with former Jets, and they get him. Uh, besides it's the people who cover the 0-16 Lions, Manish, is this the, you, do you expect this to be the worst team that you've covered? I would think so. Even in Rex Ryan's last year, uh, uh, when things got pretty bad, especially in the secondary when an undrafted guy and Marcus Williams was their best cornerback, I think uh, this this team, I, no, you know, this team's on par with that team. Uh, it, it could be worse. We'll see if the bottom falls out because if McCown does get hurt early and he's, uh, you know, he's had a poor track record, uh, especially recently, of uh, getting banged up uh, early in seasons and, and often. If Hackenberg is thrown in there early in in September at some point. You know, it could be some tough sledding. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on this defense to deliver week in and week out. And for all the, you know, the good players I think they have on that side of the ball, ultimately I believe they're going to be stressed so much because they're going to be on the field for so long because the offense is going to go three and out too many times that ultimately that defense week in and week out is going to wear down in the fourth quarter. So it could get ugly. I don't think they're going to uh, – an 0-16 team, it's extremely difficult to go mm-hmm. winless in a season, and I think they have enough pieces on defense to sprinkle in some really promising moments throughout the season that maybe carry an offense to a win uh, you know, one, two, maybe three times. So I don't think they're an 0-16 team. Uh, you know, if you're asking me to handicap it a few weeks before the regular season begins, I have them going 3-13. and 13, uh, And, uh, you know, I, would I be surprised if they won one or two games? No. Would I be surprised if they go on 16? Yes, because I, I don't think that that's going to happen this season. I mean, the, Manish, they might have to pay people to show up at the building. I mean, tickets are going to be on StubHub <laughs> for three ninety nine and the uh, 50-yard line. Uh, I can't see 80,000 people going to a Jet game. I might not even go to one because it's just, I mean, the time you pay for parking, the beers, the hot dogs, and everything else, uh, it's it's more more expensive than you want to pay. Um, so... Manish made a yeah. New York New York Daily News uh, NFL com- columnist Jets. Good luck, man. Put some vodka in your lemonade at the games. You might need it. And bring some Tylenol. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show. 
Good advice. Thanks, Jake. All right, man. Take care. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.